Bandwidth for Communication Lab is provided by Emphasis, world leaders in business writing training. For free resources and course information, go to www.writing-skills.com. Hello, everyone, and I have with me Mr. Robert Ashton. Hello, Andy. Rob, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I run a company called Emphasis, uh, which specializes in business writing training, and um, set that up 13 years ago after working ooh, uh, lots of things, really. Um, I started off as a scientist and uh, had a flirtation with local government, um, and then ended up in publishing and worked in publishing for a number of years, uh, where I learned some rather interesting techniques for as you'd expect, for getting messages across very efficiently. Mm. Um, And uh, decided to, rather than do that all the time, actually use those techniques, I thought it'd be good to let a few more people in on the secret and uh, and go out and, and share those those trade secrets, if you like, uh, with the with the wider world. And here I am 13 years later, uh, with a great team around me, doing just that. And what's the aim of this podcast, Rob? The aim of this podcast is, is to bring together the, the best ideas and, and advice for communicating in your professional life, whether you're emailing, whether you're writing, whether you're, whether you're speaking or presenting, or even whether you're tweeting. Um, we're, we're going to be looking at, the, at research and bringing together uh, the latest research areas like, like psycholinguistics, um, looking at uh, techniques from experts, uh, not just emphasis, but experts from around the world, um, bringing that all together to, to help you make sure that, uh, that information, that you make the most of information and information doesn't control you. A lot of information out there at the moment. How do you communicate uh, and get your message across through that noise but also um how do you survive because i think it really has come down to to survival now um so how to get your message across really well coming up in today's show why we think evolution has shortchanged us when it comes to communication and management information the five most annoying things you can do in an email i'm looking forward to that one rob and um, how you can learn to supercharge any sentence in 60 seconds i mean people really are writing more than ever now aren't they rob Yes, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, you go back a few years and people talked about um, the paperless office and maybe people aren't printing stuff out maybe as much as they used to, but we certainly write more. I mean, who could have predicted 20 years ago that that writing would become as important as it is now? And I'm not just talking about people who use computers. I mean, you've got, um, you know, uh, teenagers, teenagers, instead of speaking to each other, text to each other. In other words, they write. Now, you, you might argue that it's not writing as, <laughs> as we know it, but it's still writing. Mm. So people are writing far more than they've ever done. And, you, and therefore, you could argue that, that writing is, is, far more, is far more important uh, than it ever has been. What are your thoughts on information overload? Because we just get, we are so overloaded these days with information. You've got an interesting story, haven't you, about your, uh, is it your grandfather or your father? As my father-in-law, actually. Your father-in-law. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, my father-in-law is a, is a really bright guy. And he uh, he worked in in the nuclear industry actually. Now he retired ooh, about I think about fifteen years ago, mm. um, which actually is relatively recently. Um, if you if you're thinking about um, you know the evolution of business and, and industry, and um, but back then for him he talked about the computer room, and by the computer room he meant I mean if you look at the space here we are in emphasis towers. Mm. Um, and uh, that was the computer room for him. And that was the room that had one computer in it. 
um, and and if he wanted to solve a problem, then um, they would uh, they would program this computer using punch cards. Mm. They would put in this stack of punch cards. Uh, they'd go away, have a cup of coffee, have lunch, have, smoke a pipe, which is what they all did in those days. <laughs> um, and then maybe if they were lucky, at the end of the day, they'd come back and they might get an answer. Now, of course, you know, you just type something into your iPhone and you can get get far more information than he had then. And, and my point really is that in the last 10, 15 years, everything has changed. Mm. At no other point in our evolution have we had as much information as we have now. In fact, it's been quite the opposite. We've evolved to um, live in a world where there isn't enough information, where you have to be searching the whole time. And if you sort of think back to when we were living in caves or the bush or whatever, um, it, it would be all about, you know, where, the, where the, the, the trees with the juiciest fruits were or where mm. they, uh, you know, where, where, where the, 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 the prey that, you know, the, the, the rabbits or the squirrels or whatever you, whatever you ate, where, where, those, where those lived. Um, so it, all, it would all be about finding information and, and, and learning. Now it's about being swamped with information, but we're still in search mode. I think we've evolved. Mm. I mean, we, we, we haven't evolved in, evolved in the last 15 years. People evolve over, over millennia, over, over, over millions of years. Um, so what's happened is, you know, we're still basically cavemen and women. Mm. Uh, and, and our cavemen and cavewomen brains don't cope very well with too much information. And that's precisely what we've got now. But we're still su- stuck in search mode. We're still searching yeah. the I whole mean, time. I, th- I think searching is an addiction. I, I, an example is I will often be, say, in the evening watching TV with, with my wife or something, and we'd see an old film, and my wife would pipe up, oh, oh I haven't seen the actress for a while. I wonder if she's still alive. So immediately I'm on my iPhone on Wikipedia looking this actress up to see if she's still alive. I think it's an obsession. I think, it's, I think we search information because we can with, with modern technology. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're like kids in a candy store. Mm. Uh, it, it's, it, because we've evolved to, to, to find information, we are still looking for it. We're, st- we're still looking the whole time. But the trouble is that small part of our brains is being emphasized above everything else. Mm. It's being fed, it's being nurtured and it's you know it's, as a result we become we become almost addicted to information. Now, you know, that that example you gave about about looking something up on Wikipedia when mm. you're just chatting to your wife of an evening. Um, you know, you could argue that that actually that's a good thing. That mm. that's you know doesn't that bring a new dimension to 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 a to a conversation. But if what we're doing is searching the whole time if we're so distracted by finding out information there's a real risk that we actually forget to do anything with the information yeah. or or we um or we don't forget but we we maybe even become incapable or we don't have time to do anything with that information mm. because all we're doing is is looking for new stuff you know if, if i'm not careful i've got this with my kids now you know mm. i mean if if uh, god forbid in in 15 years time 20 years time they look back on their childhood and they say well yeah my memory of dad is this bloke this 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 guy who wandered around with his with his nose stuck in an iphone the whole time and i gotta say if i'm honest 
that is me sometimes mm. um and it's 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 really scary and it's it's because of this this constant flow of information we're just we're just not equipped to deal with it so what i'd like to do is to is to present some ideas in, in this uh in this podcast as we go on to cope with this information overload and so that you can actually get your message across through that but also cope a lot better um with with the information we have i mean if if you think Think about email, for instance. Mm. Before we had email, we had these things called letters. People, paper people, things. These were paper things, mm. and mm. they actually came through this thing called a letterbox. Mm. And um, it, it wasn't you, 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 you got letters now and then, and if you were very lucky, every now and then you got a letter from a friend. And you know, I'm old enough to remember when people actually sent letters to each other. And I remember getting, occasionally getting a letter from a, from a friend, and it was, it was a gift. It was uh, you, it was handwritten. Mm. So this is before. I mean, I'm really. I mean, it contained a gift, there. or the letter itself was a gift. No, the letter itself was a gift, right. and it was you know it was hand. You could tell it was, it was hand addressed. Mm. This is before people used. I, I'm note. really sounding ancient now. <laughs> I, I, I you know it wasn't quite written on parchment, but mm. uh, or delivered by carrier pigeon. Um, but you know you got so you got this letter, and it was like oh, wow. Wow, I've got I've got a letter, you know, and it's a it was a really special thing. It was something that would that would make your day, and. You know, that's the way we're conditioned. Now, if you look at email, we, we think of emails now almost in the way uh, th- that we think of, that we used to think of letters. Mm. It's potentially a gift. So, you know, you just imagine that, that, that feeling, you know, you've got your iPhone, your Blackberry in your hand, and you say, oh, I'll just check my email. I'll just check my email. And people do this during meetings, for goodness oh. sake, you know. Um, I'll, I'll just be, but what you're saying, of course, is the information that's here on my iPhone is far more important than the information around me. Mm. Someone's talking to me. If someone, you know, whether it's in a meeting or whether it's your kids talking to you, you're saying, yeah, yeah, that, that's very, that's very interesting. But it's, it's not, su- not surprising really, because if you think about it, you've got, you've got the whole world in your hand, haven't you? So, so the chances mm. are that, that what's, that the information you have there could be pretty spectacular. I mean, it's, my wife's very fond of saying quite accurately, I think that, I don't know if you ever remember the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I do remember it. But, you know, the, uh, an iPhone is, is essentially the Hitchhiker's Guide, isn't it? Mm. You know, it, it, it could you know, tell you everything you ever wanted to know about life, the universe and everything. Mm. The trouble is, most of it's crap. So you're just so you're there trying to sort through all that stuff and find those, those jewels of information that you really, really need becomes nigh on impossible. That doesn't mean that we don't attempt it. And so you end up constantly looking, looking for that that one email, that one piece of information that's that's going to that's going to bring you mm. th- that that gift. And of course, with uh, you know, with smartphones, um, you you can check your email every thirty seconds if you want to. You can check it constantly, and and many people do, always hoping for that for that one gift. The reality, you don't get a letter from a friend; you get the equivalent of a tax demand. And the, and the risk, of course, is that you get the equivalent, the email equivalent of a tax demand at, at 10 o'clock in the evening just before you go to bed. Yes. Uh, and I, I've got kids. I get to bed rather early. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that you, you get that at the point where you're least capable mm. of dealing with it. Uh, and yet that then becomes becomes a monkey on your shoulders. That That's something that's going to sit with you all night, probably give you, a, you know, a really bad night's sleep. Mm. Um, and while you're doing that, of course... You're not you're not noticing the stuff around you that you can control. You know you're not mm. you're not 
sort of sounds very very hippie you know but you're not listening to your kids you're not smelling the roses or actually you're not doing stuff that actually could enhance your life instead you're just stuck in this it, you're being controlled mm. by the information so I, th- I think it's 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 a question of managing the the information as it comes in, isn't it? Just going away from email, going back to search for a moment. The I think we were discussing this before we were recording, Rob, weren't we? There was a, an article recently entitled something like "Is Google Making Us Stupid?" You know, because we we don't sort of apparently we're getting worse at remembering stuff because we know we can just go onto Google and find out most stuff that we'd want to know about. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's got to be a. I mean, as a as a former scientist, I've got to say that that must be a temporary effect. That must mm. be that's a bit like um, a bit like not exercising can make can make your muscles weak, and and exercising can can strengthen your muscles. Yeah. Um. You know, we can't have evolved yet, so I don't think it can be making us more more. You know, we're not going to be passing on that stupidity in it. You know, you know. Do you think it's just a temporary effect? It's a temporary effect, yeah. but that doesn't mean it's not real. It could. It's a mm. temporary effect. It could last your whole life. Mm. Um, and uh, I think, yeah, you know, with if we've got that, if we've got that inf- that much information available, then then why bother thinking? Why not just again? Why not just keep searching? And the trouble is, if you if you keep searching, you forget to actually do anything with the information you have. So I think I think the problem is that nobody thinks anymore. Mm. Uh, we're all too busy looking for more information which it's a bit like um and if if i were if imagine you, you're in a room of 100 people mm-hmm. and and everybody's calling your name and i ask you to do something fairly simple like say count backwards in fives from a hundred that's, that's not simple for uh- <laughs> <laughs> but I get, you know, if you thought about it, okay, even you, Andy, if you thought mm. about it, you could, you could do that. I know you could. But if everyone's saying, Andy, Andy, Andy White, mm. Andy White, mm. it's, it's going to be very, very difficult, isn't it? And, and that's, that's what we're doing now. In our working lives, that's what we're doing. When we're allowing email, when we're allowing um, email to set the agenda, I mean, God, you know, check your agenda at nine, check, check your email at nine in the morning. Mm. That hijacks your agenda for the rest of the day. Um, have email set so that it's, so that it's, it's on the whole time with, God forbid, reminders coming up. Oh, pop-ups. Uh, it, pop-ups. <laughs> you have mail. Then that's going to be, if that's happening all the time, how on earth are you ever going to string two thoughts together or, or communicate long enough to solve a problem? And it's like somebody calling out your name uh, the whole time and you never manage to concentrate on anything uh, for longer than a couple of minutes, which means you never get that critical mass of information that you need in your brain in order to be able to solve a problem. Mm. So a- absolutely, you know, from a from a pedantic science point of view it's not making us more stupid as as a, a, a as a human race um but from from a temporary point of view which could last decades yes i think it is i mm. don't think anybody thinks anymore or, or I, th- I think people who think do it in spite of the technology which which seems a bit odd because you think technology was there to help us think uh, I, I don't think it does. Technology, what technology does is gives us more and more information. Yeah, and more to do. Can't do the thinking for you. Mm. You still need to, okay, you can do some processing, but it's it actually, in terms of coming up with original thought uh, and really, you know, that, those things that, that human beings are fantastic at doing, you know, synthesizing ideas, you know, uh, and coming up with something that no one would ever thought of, you know, that sort of moment of inspiration. Mm. I was. I worry. I. I. I think maybe those things are, are going to get are going to get rarer and rarer, temporarily. Hopefully, hopefully. Maybe we can do something about that, Andy. Now, talking about email, wonderful segue into uh, tip of the show. 
because I know you did some research, didn't you, into the uh, the five most was it the five yeah the five most annoying things that people do with email. What did you find? Well, yeah, this was what what we did was um, we wanted to find out what what really got people's goat when it came to email. So uh, so we asked our Twitter followers, and boy, did they tell us they didn't they didn't hold back. And there were some interesting ones in there. I mean, at, num- at number five. Lack of punctuation, believe it or not, was mm. was a real irritant. I mean, you might think, you know, email, modern medium, do people care about punctuation? Yes, they do. You know, assuming that, that all forms of, of punctuation and, and the capital letters that follow them aren't, aren't required. That really annoyed people. Um, of course, it's not not only if you if you do that not only do you do you risk annoying people but actually um you risk presenting uh, you, you actually risk be, being misunderstood mm. uh, so so you know you're much more likely to be to be ambiguous and confusing so we're talking about things like sort of not capitalizing first letters of sentences not using full stops commas because I'm, I'm terrible. For, I use dashes. I use hyphens a lot in email. But do you know what I think it is? I think it's because we are so used to using sort of short form messaging systems like like Twitter and sort of like, you know, uh, Skype where you sort of text chat and, and texting. And when I use those mediums, I will often just all lowercase, no full stops, maybe the odd hyphen. And what I find is I tend to carry that across into emails sometimes. If it's someone I'm quite familiar with, I will email in that way. But if it's a bit more formal business, then I'll use proper punctuation. Well, I'm one of those sad people who insists on using semicolons in text messages. So, so maybe I'm the, <laughs> I'm the, the, uh, the wrong person to speak to about that. But I think, um, yes, I think you probably have a certain amount of leeway if you're, if you're text messaging. Even I abbreviate things in text occasionally, mm. um, but uh, with email, it's become so so much a part of our lives that we think in email, just like we, we maybe think when we're texting. So, so therefore, there's no real differentiation on a subconscious level between email and a text message. Mm. So therefore, it's 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 understandable that when you switch to email, it's like all right, I've I've got an email from someone, and email's like someone plugging into your brain. Uh, and you know, think about how much, how long, how, how much time we spend during the day in this virtual world of our computer screen. And you've got an email, and it's it's almost like that's that's a thought, that's a direct line to mm. your brain, mm. and you respond without really realizing that you are you're almost doing you almost do it subconsciously, um, and consequently, you may not be particularly aware of the medium you're using, which is another reason why. Um, People do things like use humor and humor tent can often fall flat in in mm. email because the nuances aren't there. But because you've forgotten that you're emailing, you, yeah. you think they can hear what that, that's your tone of voice. Or well, the nuances have been replaced by smileys. Yeah, well, it, I mean, that's, it's funny, isn't it? Because, of course, that could be a real annoyance. But on the other hand, that that may be better, you know, that if... But you know, far better to avo- to avoid uh, avoid humour in the first place. Right, sorry, I'm says. getting you off track here because uh, that was the that was number five. That was number what five. Was the, what was the next number one? Four number four was stop shouting, um, using all capital letters. Mm. It still rankles. It, I'm amazed that people still do this. That, that, that they they write in all caps. But why, why is it a bad they thing? Does it just annoy people? Well, it's e- it's one of those sort of um, geek email etiquette things mm. that um, that all caps was used in the early days of email to to denote shouting. Mm. Um, and so if it, I suppose it's a bit difficult to get out of that, but I, I'll tell you something else. All capitals are very, very difficult to read. If you think about it, think about words. They all have different shapes, don't they? Yeah. And it's the shapes that we recognize. It's, it's not, we, we don't go, okay. When, when we, when we learn, learn to read, let, mm. let's say, you know, we, we've got the, we, we've got the word, um, say valuable, mm. 
so valuable four syllables and we go valuable okay and we, we we spell it out that's not how we read once we once we become adept at reading we just recognize the word valuable we recognize it from the letters in it interestingly just having the the first and last letters I've in the right place yes, it doesn't it matter about works. the order in between yeah. but also we recognize the shape um, so you know, yeah. If the words jump, when you say the shape, it's like the um, like the sort of the skyline of the like a big tall T in the middle, and then like the the rest of the words are quite low down. That that's what you mean by shape. Yeah, the technical term ascenders and descenders. Oh, okay, you know right. the, the, the the stalk of a B that goes up, yeah. and the stalk of a P that goes down. But also, yes, the sort of the 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 round the the, the sort of hard edge of a V, mm. the, the the roundness of a letter E. Say we recognise all of that. And and your brain instantly comes up with, oh, that's the word valuable. Now, if you use all caps, then what you've away. got there is a rectangle. Mm. And every word is a rectangle. So you know, it's really dangerous. to. So, so I don't think it's just about shouting. I think um, all capitals are, are, are very hard to read. So, so you're really running the risk that... Um, you're, you're, you're not going to be understood. Instantly, if you're writing a report as well, just every time you put, um, if you put lots of acronyms mm. uh, or, or abbreviations, and they're not the same thing, in, um, in a report, those things do really stand out. If you, if you just scan your eyes over, over a page that has these acronyms in, those things just leap out at you. And when you're reading a report, then they bring you up with a, with a, a start um as you're reading along so in other words they stop flow they stop people reading um so yeah that that's all caps they stifle flow they stifle flow thank you Sounds like a nasty medical condition in it <laughs> moving on in it number three have you read it yet how about now uh now you know no one likes to be checked up on what about those red receipts how mm. do you how do you feel about red receipts or or or, or uh, um uh someone asking to be sent a note if you if you delete their email I never really thought about it, to be honest. Is this a Microsoft thing? Is this a Microsoft Exchange thing? Uh, I think it might be. Yeah. 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 See, I, I, I left Windows years ago, so I'm, oh, I'm blissfully unaware you of this. You crossed over from the dark side. Yeah, to, to Google Mail. <laughs> well, certainly Microsoft uh, Outlook does this. Mm. Um, and you can, you can set it so that um, if somebody reads your email, they then get asked to, to click a box to say that they have, have read it. I think oh, it's like just being checked up on. Yeah, I mean, some somebody said that it made, it made them feel violated, and I don't you know. I don't think that's too strong. I, I think actually, it's none of your business whether I've read it or not. Um, you mm. know, it certainly does make you feel checked up on. Mm. And I don't, I don't know when people use those. What do they think the effect is going to be? Uh, actually, I think what that says is they are thinking far more about their needs than mm. they are about yours. In other words, the writer is thinking far more about their needs and they are thinking about the reader which is a which is a cardinal sin uh when it when it comes to effective writing so that was number three was it that was number three number two too busy for words um and what we mean by that is people hated it if people if writers if email writers used abbreviations um so for instance you know writing um rgds for regards or that can be so easily misinterpreted i hate things like that yeah, I mean, one one thing that um, I'm really unsure about, and and still makes me um, so what brings again brings me up with a start inter- interrupts that reading flow is if somebody just writes best at the end oh, of their email. That's me. <laughs> you, you, I do it all the time. You, yeah, but, but best. What, 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 best what? At what point did you did you start doing that? Uh, probably about five six years ago. 
Did you copy somebody else? I can't remember, to be honest. I think it's just trying to save words. Yes. Best. Cause, cause so why is it tell takes me, so like, long to write regards? Because I, I, people who know me will know I do that. Sometimes I don't even put best. I just put an A, a capital A. Now, why, tell me... Oh, I do that. I as write a recipient, off, why yeah. is it annoying? To be honest with me, why is it annoying? I, I think because if it's just... It's a construction that seems to have come purely out of email. Mm. I mean, if if you sort of you know if you saw someone in the street, would you say you know best 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 man? <laughs> you know, I suppose say chow. <laughs> pretentious, <laughs> wah, <laughs> or yo yo yeah, uh, uh, absolutely. Um, trying to be young, you know, fifty uh, year old man trying to be young. And yeah. <laughs> well, do, do you know? I it, it's it, you're not alone, Andy. To be fair to mm. you, you're, you're not alone. A lot of people do it. Um, was one of the things that irritated not just me, but uh, but our, our Twitter followers. And uh, yeah, it's it, what we would say is. Be very wary about about abbreviating an email because it might send it might save you microseconds when you're typing. But actually, so what can, should I say? Kindest regards, Brigadier Andrew White. Do you know what? What I would do is actually take is take your lead mm. from the the person you're replying to. Right. So if they've do you know even if they've written, dear Andrew, yeah, <laughs> you know, um, then I would I re- would reply. You know. Dear Amelia, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it, you know I, I think you match, match your tone and formality yeah. as much yeah. as you can because they're telling you a little bit about themselves. They're saying that's how they like to communicate. And if you turn around and say, listen, I'm going to ignore all of that formality and I'm going to go straight in with yo, dude, uh, you know, it's like <laughs> there's likely to be a slight sort of communication dissonance there. Just, you know, I might be wrong, but uh, I've just got an inkling. So what you're trying to say is, is match your communication style to the person you're communicating with? Absolutely. And Absolutely. should you expect them to do the same to you? Does this not mean you meet in the middle somewhere? With best regards, yo, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends what you want to do, doesn't it? It depends mm. it, um, uh, with whom you are communicating. Mm. Um, you know, if it's a customer, do you want to be saying, you know, God damn it, you're going you're gonna to write like I do if it kills me. You know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you do this. Or do you say, I respect you as a customer? Yeah, and, I'm uh, normally different. I normally say something like, looking forward to speaking to you soon or uh, again or um, until next time or whatever. Well, what about when, when somebody says um, thanks in advance? You know, they ask a favour of you and they say thanks in advance. I'm expecting my favour to be fulfilled. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like, well, you're cheeky so-and-so, you know, I've not said yes yet. So it's just so assumptive. Um, it's very difficult, very easy uh, to get it wrong. Bit of a mm. minefield, but mm. of course we'll, we'll explore, explore the, how you can avoid those, uh, those traps in, in forthcoming episodes. Okay, so that was number two, was it? And in so at number what one. What was number one? In at number one, what do you think? Let me think. No subject line? No, no, that, that would lower down the list. It um, was carbon copy, CC. Oh, of course. CC, yeah, that was... Um, Misuse of CC. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, people people, well, people didn't, didn't hate the use of CC on, it, on its own. It was more the aggressive use of CC. You know, it, it's, it's, it's the equivalent <laughs> of, of email bullying. It's okay. saying, you know, I've written this to you, but I've also, I've also copied your boss and your, and your boss's boss, so you better damn well do it you now, know. As, as, an, as a recipient i i do find it annoying when i am cc'd along with you know 200 other people into an email that i actually didn't even really need to see yeah and what i'm looking at is like a single one-line reply at the bottom of this huge nested load as of previous emails someone says i agree and it's been cc'd to 200 people <laughs> yeah yeah and then of course you've got 200 people then that's uh you know, that massively increases the, the number of emails that are going to be flying about around mm. that particular subject. And you're probably going to be copied in on every single one of them. Uh, so that, you know, ev- especially if you're using your, your smartphone and, mm. and, you know, you've not used 
good email discipline and switched off all those reminders, you're going to be interrupted, not just with stuff that that you don't need to know right now. You're going to be interrupted with stuff that you don't need to know at all. Mm. Um, so, yeah, very, very easy to to misuse that. And um, I think for those two reasons, one, the, the, the sort of bullying aspect of it, the kind of aggression, mm. uh, and two, the fact that it's... Um, it, that it hijacks your time when when you re, when it was really nothing to do with you um, are, are the are the two reasons that made it uh, number one in our list of the our, yeah. our top five list. So of it's a hates. difference between uh, reply and reply all, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Or, or think about you know even if you're copying somebody in in the first place, mm. do you need to copy them in? So mm. yes, you can. Uh, you can take control of that as a recipient, mm. um, but as a as an emailer. Uh, if you're writing an email, think very carefully about whether you need to yeah. uh, copy I think, somebody I in. Think, I wonder sometimes, it's um, when there's only a couple of you involved, or th- maybe three of you involved, I don't think it's too bad, but when it gets to like, you know, seven, eight, nine, twelve people. That's, that's certainly mad, when it, it gets extreme, but yeah. I, I think even even if you're just copying in one or two people, it, it, it just pause, just pause mm. for thought and say, do I really need to do this? Mm. Um, you know, why am I doing this? Do they need to know? Probably not. Probably not. Now, have we covered email? Because I'm I'm very keen to move on to um, supercharging any sentence in sixty seconds. Well, this is this is um, it's funny when you look at what we do at, at Emphasis. You could describe it as we teach people professional editing techniques. Now, if you say that, that's not exactly going to set the world alight, is it? You know, people don't expect to be entertained um, with that with with those techniques you know it's it's quite common for people to turn up on our courses uh, expecting they're in for a pretty tough ride mm. um and for the day to drag um almost without exception they're usually surprised at the end of the day at um how powerful these techniques are and uh it just got me thinking that actually rather than telling people about how powerful these techniques are we ought to just show them in the first place mm. you know just just actually i suppose give some of our best stuff away um so what i've done is i've taken a sentence uh and i've recorded i've done this on our website you can, if you go to our website mm-hmm. um writing-skills.com uh, on our homepage there you'll find a video of me editing one of these sentences now i call it supercharging a sentence because it's a lot more i think in my unbiased opinion mm. it's a lot more impressive than, than the word editing yeah. uh, uh, suggests. Yeah, super, um, and, and what we do is, is we, we, we um, take a sentence and we, we just cut out, cut out half the words, re, you know, re, reduce the number of syllables by, by a third, and we, end, and we lose none of the information and massively increase the impact. So if you, if you want to learn how to do that and, and see that in action, and actually I call it, you know, it's, it's a 60 second challenge. It's can we do that with any sentence mm. in 60 seconds? Because I, I, I believe you can. And, and by the way, um, once you actually get good at this, it's not something you need to apply much thought to. It, it becomes um, a, what, what biologists would call a simple spinal reflex, a bit like when you sit on a drawing pin. A and, reflex and action, yes. It's a, it's, it, well, it's a reflex action. Yeah, it doesn't mm. involve the brain. You know, if you sit on a drawing pin and leap up, that, that, you've not had to think drawing pin, 
pain. <laughs> um, you, so you, we can program you, these rules into our spinal we cords. Can, we can program the rules into our spinal cords, and and that be- then becomes a really um, powerful toolkit, if you mm. like, uh, tool in your toolkit, where you can um, y- you can just make all of your communications uh, much much more effective. So if, if you want to find out about that, just go to the web, go so to the homepage. It's on the homepage there. of the website, writing-skills.com. That's the one. Excellent. Well, it's been great fun talking to you. Let's just briefly mention a few things that are coming up in the, the future shows, Rob. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what we're going to do is bring to you know, having having made you aware of all these terrible problems, um, it, I think it's only fair to uh, give you a bit of help in how to overcome them. Um, not just with with techniques and practical advice, just uh, such as the ones that I've just alluded to, but actually scouring the world of research out there mm. for. Um, for evidence-based techniques that you can use to 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 cope in, in our in our modern world to cope in the information age i suppose you know if we live in the modern world and we're not we're not use modern techniques i think we need to up, update our techniques but as a as an ex-scientist i feel quite strongly that rather than just peddling myths and perpetuating um you know me too techniques that everybody seems to be talking about um i want to look at the evidence and say which ones actually work in practice. Which ones um, are uh, w- w- for, for which ones is is there hard evidence to show that it works? Um, so so we're going to be scouring the world of of, uh, of uh, particularly psychology research um, mm. just to bring you some of those techniques. Then we'll be translating them for you, so we can say here's how you can apply this stuff to all of your communications, not just writing, but but uh, oral communication as well. Plus, um, we're going to be getting some pretty interesting special guests on and, and the first of our special guests will, will be in the, in the next episode fantastic I'm looking forward to that it's been great so it's goodbye from me Andy White and it's goodbye from Rob Ashley it's been a pleasure see you next time thank you for listening to this podcast Communication Lab was brought to you by Emphasis Business Writing Trainers sign up for free training at www.writing-skills.com www.writing-skills.com